Alrighty, I want to welcome you guys to my first ever episode of my podcast, One Percenters. Today we have Sharif Dyer the second man. It's awesome to have you on here as my first guest. How are you feeling today? Feeling good. It's awesome to be on here. I'm ready to give some gems, have a good podcast. Let's get to it. Man, that's what it's all about, man. You know, just kind of inspiring people to, you know, figure out, you know, what to do in their career. A lot of people are lost out here. So I want to give them something to be inspired about, you know, to take home and to, you know, apply as well. So, man, you know, your story is pretty crazy, man. This is something that I, this is the first thing that I learned about you when I first was following you on Instagram. Because I even followed you before, you know, tech sales too. So I already knew about everything. But, man, the story is wild, bro. You went from, you know, working at Target going from that then to a car dealership, getting your real estate license, then going ahead working at Amazon from 3 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then even after that, man, you go home and work on selling houses. Like, that is insane. But, man, now you're doing big things, though. After that, you went ahead and got a tech sales job. You work from home. You have freedom to travel around the world anywhere you want to. You're making over $100,000 per year. 75k followers on tiktok (laughs) and this man has his own business and wait wait here's the kicker he's only 22 years old (laughs) that is absolutely incredible man that is absolutely insane man thank you that's a fire intro that's a fire intro you (laughs) You know i had to man i gotta hype it up because this is really is something that should be hyped up man this is something that's really really cool this is something that a lot of people can relate to there's tons of people who are working at Target, who are working at those kind of jobs as well that can relate to your situation and everything. And even I myself, this is something that I was able to relate to. I don't know if you know this, but we used to, I used to work at Amazon too for quite some time as well. Yeah, bro, I used to work that shift. It was wild. I used to work from, what was my, I used to work from 6 p.m. all the way to like 5 a.m., bro. That was mine. Yeah, bro, but I don't know how you did it, bro. yeah, after that you went home it was working working some more i said oh man, i'm to, done man. bro i'm going <laughs> i'm going home and i'm going to sleep so that I definitely to. was like that's definitely a strong mindset that you had so i gotta ask you man is that something that you've always had in you like you've just always been a worker or that's something you had to learn i would say a mix of both honestly i would say the motivation and kind of like the discipline from it comes from almost it's kind of funny a place of like laziness so what i hmm. what i would consider it is I want to do as much work possible now so that if I wanted to, say, take a year off, go travel the world, take 10 years off, retire early, do whatever I want to do. You've got that time freedom, the location freedom. You've got the money so that you can really wake up and create your own reality. So that's honestly where I would say the motivation comes from, from a place of like, I want to be in control of my own time. So if it's a Monday morning and I want to sleep the entire day, I can do that. So I would say that's where it comes from and touching on like the time at Amazon, uh, really even listen to podcasts like for this, for an example, just listen to mindset podcasts, financial podcasts while I was working, moving the boxes, scanning them um, throughout the night. That's what really kept me like focused and locked in of, hey, this is just temporary. This is going to help me get to the next place. Yeah, man, that that is definitely something inspiring. I know even when I was working at Amazon, too, I definitely was listening to podcasts and things like that, too. This to try to, you know, help me motivate myself to to look for something in the future, because if you, you know, if you just kind of stay grounded and you're let's say you're working, you go to work, you work all day, you come home. What do you do? You're going to go to sleep. You're going to do that again the next day, the next day, 
the next day and after a while man i just had enough i was like i can't yeah, i can't just keep doing this man it's, a, it's just an endless crazy cycle exactly man it's an endless cycle that i think a lot of people find themselves in and they're really starting to realize it and they're just like man how can i how can i get into this break out of this cycle like it's just it feels like a prison it's just you think you're free you're able to work you pay your bills but all you do is pay your bills go to sleep and work like it's not a life that many people want to live so i want to no. ask you like how did you break into tech sales because i feel like that's where there was a big shift for you so how did you how did you get into that no definitely i agree it's not a life at all that um anybody i think would want to live just like the dream that they sell you of hey you're going to go work 40 years and then at the end of your life maybe if you make it there you're lucky you get uh 20 years you're retired and then by the time you take that money out social security might not be there um and then you you may have to pay taxes on that money too so uh, you never know what the inflation is going to be like and that's really just i couldn't subscribe to that i was like i've got to somehow find a way now to um the first thing of freedom in my point of view is you've got your your time freedom then you've got your location freedom so first i was like what can i do I know I'm not gonna have my time freedom. I'm gonna have to put some work in, but at least let me find a career where I have location freedom to make money from my computer, uh, get free equipment, work from home, work from anywhere throughout the world, and learn different like sales skills, business skills, how to do different email outreach campaigns, all of that. And that's honestly the motivation behind focusing on tech sales. And how I broke into it was really just scrolling on TikTok and I saw somebody talk about um, either an account executive position, maybe I was searching for like uh, work from home jobs, but account executive popped up. So mm -hmm. immediately uh, I went on LinkedIn and I probably sent out like 200 applications and Ooh. I really didn't hear anything back at all until maybe one of the last few applications, uh, like right when I was about to give up, probably uh, someone said, hey, we love your experience. Uh, but unfortunately, you're not qualified for our account executive position. We do think you'd be better qualified for a SDR position, which is sales development representative. So right. that gave me a little bit of spark, a new hope at the end of the tunnel. And I applied for another 200. That's when the interview started to come in. I would say maybe I got about five different interviews with different companies and really just doing a lot of research on the company, asking really good questions is what in the end got me that job offer and helped me to uh, break in tech sales with no degree. I dropped out after two years. Um, only experience I really had was selling real estate full time for a year. So nice, man. You guys hear that? No degree, no degree. And what's even crazier about this is that he didn't even take a course. You know, a lot of you guys out there, I know, you know, are taking the course careers course and also the careers course as well. I definitely enjoy both of those. Like I actually myself took the course careers course and it was very helpful for me to kind of get you know um, accustomed to different skills and things of that nature. But as you can see, it, you don't need to have it. I know a lot of people are kind of like, man, maybe I don't have the money for the careers course. I don't have the money for the course careers course. I can't afford that right now. And they're, you know, they're pushing themselves back and they don't want to get started. But as you can see, Sharif here was able to go ahead and get started without none of that. He did that, he just put in the work, he put in many applications. So you definitely have to put in those applications. You have to put I know in the work. Indeed, man. I know a lot of people, they put in maybe like 10 applications and they're just like, man, I didn't hear nothing back. This is a scam. Like, I don't, want, I don't want to do this no more. Like, there's no way I'm gonna get a job. But you put in 200 plus applications before you even, you know, even got an interview. So it definitely shows that you definitely need to, you know, put in those numbers.
No, but that's yeah, fun. that is really cool, man. That is really cool. I myself did the same thing, man. I finished the course careers course, and I thought I was just gonna be free. I was like, all right, I finished course careers. They're gonna come. They're gonna come to me. Like I, I don't even need to apply <laughs> no, for real. But that's not. <laughs> that's not how. That's not how anything works, man. That's not how anything works. You really gotta put in the time and effort. And that's not just uh, just not just your career, but that's anything in life. If you want to be fit, you got to put in that time and effort. That's if you right. want to have a great, healthy relationship with your girlfriend, boyfriend, or whoever, you got to put in that time and effort. So that's definitely something that's needed. But no, man, that's how definitely needed, man. Indeed, man. How are you enjoying? How are you enjoying Texel so far? Honestly, I'm enjoying it a lot. I really lucked out in the interview process and got hired for a great company. So Decide Technologies, we. I literally just got back last week, Thursday. Um, they've got like a nice office out in Austin. Office is crazy, by the way, like just with the, the tech hub and how much new buildings are being thrown up. And like the you've got the Google uh, office, you've got an Indeed office, you've got Tesla's office. So those are Man. just a couple of the tech giants out there. But really, really good company, really enjoying tech sales. Got to close a deal down there, close a couple of deals just from like other conferences and, and other things and like trips that they've paid for and really gained a lot of experience and worked with a lot of cool people too. So definitely wow. when you're doing the interview process, ask a lot of good questions. Um, so you really want to see <laughs> what the culture is like, what the work environment is like. You also want to see, hey, how much work is this position going to take? So how many leads am I expected to generate? Um, is that through cold calling? Is that through emailing? Is that through maybe LinkedIn messaging? And really just see what type of position you are signing up for. Um, and outside of that, like even asking questions about, hey, say if I'm killing it, uh, what is the commission structure look like? What does the promotion timeline look like? Um, even how can I be successful in the first 90 days? All really good questions to get some more information and draw some kind of knowledge and experience out of the people you're interviewing with at that company to see if that's a fit for you. Right. And I think that just understanding how the you know interview processes for tech sales is really important. Because before tech sales, you know, I would apply to different jobs. Like I used to work at Chipotle one time. And I used to uh, obviously work at Amazon. Although for Amazon, I don't think I had an interview. But they just they just hired me. They're trying to get anybody. But you know, at least for the other jobs, they always they ask everybody. that question. <laughs> they do, bro. They do. <laughs> They're trying to get you in. Don't go. But yeah, yeah, for any other interview, they do ask you at the end of the interview. They're like, hey, are there any questions that you have? And you know what's crazy? I used to think it was smart to say, oh no, like. I don't have any questions. I understand I everything. All do it for real. Yeah, exactly. That's something that I actually have to learn uh, when coming to tech sales is that the questions are actually really important. You really need to ask those questions. And what I learned is that recruiters are looking to see, how, do you have an interest in the job? Are you curious about how things work? Are you curious about a career growth? Because they want someone who's long term. So definitely, if you guys are interviewing, please, please, please ask questions. It is super important and recruiters are definitely looking for it. No, they're definitely looking for it. And one thing I'll add to that is even how you can use questions for information gathering at the end of the interview, almost you can use them as a, a form of defense or like attacking during the interview process, especially if you're in a sales type of interview. Uh, one thing that I did a lot during the interview, so um, a lot of times you'll get people who will throw questions at you um, with maybe words that you're not familiar with that's industry specific and a great thing that i did with questions was not only rephrasing it to give me an extra split second to think 
but then turning the question on them if I didn't know the answer. So an example uh, that happened to me was I got asked about, hey, during real estate, what were some of your KPIs or, or metrics? What did that look like? And not knowing uh, what that meant in like the tech space, I never heard of a, a KPI. <laughs> so it, it was kind of hard to answer that. But how you can use a question to defend and then attack is say, hey, actually, I'm not familiar with KPIs. Uh, could you just explain that a little bit? I actually wanted to know like what type of KPIs and metrics um, is standard to the SDRs that you're hiring for this position. And then immediately they don't forget about you didn't know the answer, but now they're spinning trying to think, okay, let me answer this for you. And then you're having a conversation, you're building rapport, um, and it makes the interview go a lot smoother when it's not just them drilling you with questions and you kind of trying to dodge them every which way. So that's, that's definitely a, something I always recommend is ask a lot of questions and rephrase a lot of their questions into something specific about their company that can just give you some time to breathe, think, and calm down during the interview process. Man, that's absolutely right. I feel like that's something that I also did as well. Um, I think what's really a good mindset, a good mindset to have when applying to these jobs is that this is truly your first job as an SDR. This is really your first job. You have to prospect, you have to look for the ICP, the, you know, the, right. the correct person who you want to work with. You have to do research on them. You have to, you know, do outreach, you know, social media outreach, emailing, co-emailing. You have to do all these things. And then once you actually get them on the quote unquote discovery call, AKA your interview, you need to be able to qualify them in a way you need to make sure this job is right for you. So you want to make sure you're qualifying them. And then if they have any objections, right, you have to know how to do objection handling. So it's really good. A really good way to do that is like you said, asking questions. So if you don't understand something, rephrase it, give your time to think and go ahead and ask them the question as well. And I feel like the number one question that I asked that a lot of my recruiters liked was this at the end of my interview, I would say, so how did the interview go? I would ask them that. They'd be like, really? yeah, it, it went, it went good. Okay. And I was like, so are there any hesitations or concerns as to why I wouldn't move forward? No, a lot of people, close it. I love You have to close them, bro. This is the job. That's the job of a SDR is to close. So I think a lot of them really were, you know, intrigued that I would ask that question. Cause I feel like a lot of people won't, but if you really want to stand out, I think that's a good question, but I will say this. You have to be ready to rebuttal if they say something, though. Don't, don't just say that. Expect them to be like, oh, no, no, it's good. You just definitely make sure you have some things in your back pocket uh, to be able to say just in case they have some questions about your experience or things like that as well. But I definitely think that was uh, something that really helped me. So the interview process is really key. Now, for your interview, I know for me, I had a, a two-step process. So first for me was a phone screen, and they mainly asked me, like, situational questions. And then for the second interview, I met with the sales manager and he actually asked me to do like a, a prop cold call. How about for you? How many steps were there for you? And, you know, what was there for you? Right. That's a good question. I honestly don't think I've been really been asked that before. Uh, so I, I believe mine was three or four steps. The first one was, like you said, a quick phone screen, uh, kind of just fill out, fill each other out get some information about the position, kind of get some information about why I'm applying, um, what like my background is. And then one good question I asked too, or I think it was kind of something that I said um, on all my interviews was I did a little bit of research about the company. I found like a, a quote from the founder, which was like, we get shit done. And um, <laughs> it said like before, like the culture was 
like sometimes people would sleep at the office like they would put in like a lot of work but they would get paid good so mm. during the interview process that's always something i kind of added in the end was like yeah honestly what made me uh, want to apply and be part of the sales team is to uh, see what the culture is like. I saw the quote from the founder said that we get shit done. And I, I really just had to see like how the people at that company would act and how I could um, really improve myself working with you guys. And that honestly is what got me to the second interview. And I, I really relayed that question on each one. But my second interview was with uh, one member. He was like the head of the sales team at that point. And pretty much he just asked me questions about like what obstacles have I faced um, times I've overcame something in the sales cycle. Um, like I said, he asked me about like KPIs or metrics, which I kind of couldn't answer. So I threw it back to him. And then the third interview was like a panel interview. So, um, there was three different sales managers and pretty much we all, um, at first we went like one-on-one -on -one each. And then at the end, um, it was all three of us. And by the end of the interview, it was kind of like a consensus of everyone thought it was a good interview. Like I'd be joining the team. So, um, I would say a lot of questions were really just similar about um, like how would you, uh, one good question was how would you sell like a, a technical solution to someone who doesn't really understand uh, like technical things or what was a time that you had to kind of simplify a, a complex um, offering. So what I said for that was I had probably, I would say a two month job um, working in the insurance field um, for via benefits insurance and I was like it was a call center job remote I was answering the phone um, for older people who were maybe locked out of their insurance account or forgot their password or just don't know how to um, find like the right way to change their benefit plan on the site so a lot of time I was trying to really explain something um, simple to me but maybe complex to them um, in a way that they could understand so after that um, I had a, I got an email from the hiring, uh, the recruiter who I first spoke with, and she just said like, hey, do you have time for like a, a quick debrief of the interview or like a, a quick phone call? And I didn't even know, like, I was like, debrief, what does that mean? Like, does that mean <laughs> I didn't get it? So right. I looked up debrief and it just said like, basically it, it's kind of an overview of what just happened. And when she called me, she was like, hey, we'd love to offer you this position. Um, do you need some time to think about it? I was like, no, I'd, I'd love to take the position. Like, let, let's get to it. So I could have even negotiated better. But at that point, I was just so happy to break in tech sales and really work for like the, the top company that I did research on, too. So it, it turned out to be a match. Man, that is absolutely amazing, man. That's so awesome. I, that's a great. That's just so I, I just get so happy hearing stories like that where people are, are, you know, breaking into tech sales, you know, really changing their lives for for the better. This is really something that I think a lot of people should, you know, learn about and something that I really want to advocate for a lot of people to, you know, understand because there's so many different things out here instead of just the main thing, the mainstream things they want to, you know, promote to people nowadays, which is like, you know, sports, you know, rap, music industry, artists, Hollywood, those things are not <laughs> it, man. That is not the it's way not to go. All, man. The graveyard yeah. is full of rappers. It, it's terrible. It's definitely it need terrible. a switch of the culture and a switch of the goals and just the leaders and and figures that we look up to for sure that needs a whole overhaul and revamp yeah man and i agree and i see you're doing that man i see you're doing a lot of that today uh when you look on your TikTok now man it's over seventy-five thousand followers how did you get into TikTok? why did you even start making content i know a lot of people when they first saw TikTok, they were like oh, i don't really want to post on there yeah. uh they don't really want to show themselves on camera but what made you want to do that i even i feel like i came late to the, the TikTok party like i started january 
2021 and really what what helped me and what kind of wanted me to break into it was that I've always in some way been an entrepreneur and like making content so I would take it even far as back as to when I was like 14 15 years old Uh, my father he's where I learned a lot of my entrepreneurial and just business kind of mindset qualities traits because he's been in real estate as an investor for just about 30 years now so when I was 14 or 15 he would get these foreclosed properties in the tax auction and he maybe they would be like five hundred dollars um starting off bid in detroit so maybe he'd run it up to a thousand dollars or go back and forth but it was pretty easy to just grab properties for like five hundred thousand dollars and then i would take them and advertise them online on craigslist uh, sometimes like in different facebook groups to uh, overseas buyers out-of-state buyers and in-state buyers too and then i would answer the phone calls and it was almost like i was just creating content really writing down like, oh, this is a a perfect opportunity to break in to the real estate market in Detroit. It's up and coming, like there's more money coming in. So that almost in itself was creating content. And from there, when I got my real estate license at 18, um, a big way to generate leads, I was thinking was like social media. So I would do credit Mm -hmm. and investing and real estate seminars. I did my first one, I think in 2020. And it it was cool, probably had like 40 people on it and that was like my first thing of content i created a whole strategy of how to market it um on instagram to the people already in my sphere of influence and from there it it just kind of took off a little bit i would say for the, my first seminar 40 40 people was taking off but from I mean, that that's, point, that's still a good amount man honestly yeah, a good first amount seminar? So, yeah first seminar i did some creative things like I, I i didn't want to but the first time i posted about it um, it was just like a kind of Canva graphic, like it looked kind of boring, like kind of nerdy. Nobody really um, signed up for it because I had the tickets for like $25. So I was like, okay, um, I've got maybe a week left. So what I did was I had just sold a couple houses in real estate. I took out like $10,000 out the bank. And then I made a new video like in my car. Um, I had just got like my, my first charger. So I made a new video like you want to make $10,000 in one month. Like had the money in the camera, like I hosted a seminar to teach you about real estate, go over credit, investing, all of that, stocks, and then like 30 people joined. So sometimes Man. you got to flex a little bit. Sometimes you got to be a little bit flashy. But once you really learn how to pitch yourself out there and portray uh, the outcome or the success, then people are going to really sign up and listen to what you have to say. So any way you can help people too is always going to be an easy way to make money. So that's really what got me started in creating content. I kind of dabbled in like making real estate TikToks and videos like that, but it wasn't until um, the equipment from like tech sales came and then it's just really a lot easier to uh, talk and pitch about tech sales compared to real estate because real estate, you have to sit through um, 180 hours of getting your license, then you have to pass a really hard test. Then you have to go generate a completely new uh, clientele pipeline of leads and sales without having any network in the industry. And a lot of times if you're young, you don't even own property. So it's hard to convince people that you're even knowledgeable and competent to sell them a house. That's really what drove me to get my first condo um, was just to say like, hey, I purchased a condo, I can help you. And from there, that's when I kind of switched over to tech sales content. And it's a lot easier to tell people about, hey, you can get free equipment, at least $1,000 a week and limited pay time off and have your location freedom.
Man, who who wouldn't want that, man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what sold me too. When I heard that, I was like, oh, I need to get on that. <laughs> exactly. But that's awesome. And even with your TikTok, man, you're doing even greater things with that too. You're reaching out to people. You have your own business to where you actually take people, you show them how to break into tech sales. And even outside of that, you have even other things as well, such as how to do Airbnb, how to do stocks and trading. That is so amazing. So how did you, you know, go ahead and get started with that business? What made you want yeah, to do that? So honestly, how Wealth University came about in the guaranteed remote tech job program was just <laughs> through teaching people how I got hired. So it started with the free resume template. Um, that was just the template I used with some technical keywords of and my cover letter attached. And that's what I sent on LinkedIn. Then I would get questions about, hey, what, do I, what am I searching for on LinkedIn? What are the industries? So then I created an entire LinkedIn profile guide. I made sure to have a, a eight-step tech sales guide too um, to give people interview tips, uh, give people tips on reaching out to different hiring managers or different people on part of the sales team to ask good questions to help them do good on the interview. And it really just grew of people having more questions and having more problems like in the process to, hey, let me create a solution where me and my team of people who I've helped get hired sit down with you one-on-one -on -one or in a group coaching call and we teach you and we walk through creating that resume and cover letter based on your experience. We show you these are free courses that you can take on tech sales or these are paid courses that you can take to learn the basics of sales. Then we help you build up your LinkedIn profile, build up your network, reach out to recruiters, good questions to ask on the interview, how to answer their questions, and we send out applications for you. We pretty much, how I view it, is solve every single problem of the process and then just give them the layout. So honestly, you can get hired without the process. You can get hired just from watching my videos. But if you want all the information organized in one place with actionable steps and a team of people who have done it to help you, that's the easiest way to get in tech, honestly. Man. Are y'all hearing this, people? This man said he would do the resume for you, hook up your LinkedIn, and they'll apply for you, man. Who else is doing that? And they're giving you interview tips. I don't know nobody else is doing that, man. Nobody's doing it. And the crazy part about it is people still sleep when it's guaranteed. So for anyone who doesn't get hired, they complete all those steps after only 30 to 45 days to make that 75K plus a year. If you don't get hired, if you want to give up, say tech sales is for you, we send the money back. I've had a number of people who um, maybe they just didn't have it in them. They just didn't want to grind. They didn't want to send the apps out. Or maybe they just had a different job. It just wasn't the right timing. But we've sent the money back, and we've had plenty of people get hired on the flip side. We've had a lot of people get hired and make a lot of money. So it's yeah, definitely life-changing. Every time I'm on your TikTok, I see, a, I see a new success story of somebody, you know, getting hired, man. 70K per year, man free MacBook Pros, time to do whatever they want. And when they're really living the dream, man, that is absolutely amazing. You know, you tell the people where they can find you. Where can they find this course? Where, where can they discover that? So they can find find me on every platform, everywhere, at Sharif2D. That's S-H-A-R-R-I-F-F, -F, the number two and the letter D, two R's, two F's, Sharif2D everywhere. You can also find me at stand.store slash at Sharif2D2. And that's pretty much everywhere. Hey, man, that's absolutely amazing. You know, I'm definitely going to leave that in the description for you guys to check out. If you're curious about it, if you wanted to take a step and get into tech sales, definitely check out the course. This course is absolutely amazing. Even I myself am in the business as well. I work as one of the mentors there. 
Uh, so I, even I stand by it. This is something that's legit and it's really awesome. But hey, Sharif, man, it's been awesome having you on the podcast, being one it's of my first awesome guests, bro. I'm so I'm happy you came it. on, man. Hey, first of many, this for sure. We're going to have to run it back, have a part two, and we'll yes, do some more gems. The last gem I'm going to drop them, just so they know to listen in, is if you're wanting to create an LLC, get it done in Colorado. You can get a virtual business address, but it's only a dollar to get it done in, in Colorado. So that's one of the last gems I'll leave them. Once you learn, you get in tech sales, you learn all the sales skills to get you some clients, that's where you can make your LLC at. So you can start making some money. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, man. Even I'm on that. I'm like, I, I, he told me about that. I was like, hey, man, I gotta make me a, a LLC in Colorado right now. <laughs> hey, man, that's awesome, that's man. Good. But thank you for coming on, bro. I definitely appreciate it. And we already know we're gonna run back a part two. But man, thank you for coming on, yes, man. Sir. Much, much appreciated. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Alrighty, man. Take care. Now, see you next time. Bet.